I know what I believe. I'm not going to be shaken in what I believe. But if I'm given this opportunity, what I want to do, what I believe I'm called to do, what I believe Christians are called to do, is to witness, right? That's that's what we know we want to do in that moment. Sometimes witnessing is better done in silence and quiet in reflection. And so if you think about it that way, if you think about ask better questions, now you don't have to have the answer to every question, creation, um, Jonah, whatever. Now you just have to, have to have a category of really good questions, categories. So here's what I would say. You ready? You so excited? That is such an interesting question you're asking me. Why do you ask me that question? Hello again, and thanks for joining us today on Study with Friends. I'm Paige Quadro, and we're so thankful you're back to join us on week three in our series on apologetics. As we make our way through the series, we're focusing on our fears for engaging in tough conversations about Christianity, but also how to push through those for an effective and spirit-led conversation. If you've missed the first two episodes or want to get the homework to follow along, you can find it all and more at our website, studywithfriends.org. You can re-listen anytime on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or try watching the ladies on YouTube. Now, let's continue our study. I've had to learn in being around a lot of confident people and a lot of confident leaders, you know, because that's like a whole other level of confidence. Mm-hmm. I've had to learn that confidence and, and um, you know, strength in your speech doesn't equal hatred. Mm-hmm. It doesn't equal, doesn't have to equal yeah. hatred, yeah. and it doesn't have to equal defense. Mm-hmm. Um, some people in their flesh turn it that way, mm-hmm. you know. And and as a kid, kind of similar to, to whenever you had that epiphany, I grew up thinking I had to have an answer to everything. Yes. Kind of what we've already yeah. s- spoken about, um, you know. And I've I've mentioned this before. I w- I was saved out of that, you know. I I accepted Christ fully, purely in my heart from a lack of understanding the Bible. Cause yeah. I was like, well, Lord. And it was, it was so internal too. Cause it was kind of like on the playground. I was talking with my little kid friends, you know, when I was a little kid <laughs> and then they said something that their parents, you know, probably fed them. And I was like, that's completely false, but I don't know how to tell you what's truth. And so I went to the side <laughs> of, of my playground and was like, Lord, if I don't know you personally, because I can't speak your word, I want to know you. And it mm, was like a cool experience, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> but through that though, I've had to learn because even, even Christ is like this, you know, you see so many examples in the gospels um, and the father's like this too, just in the old Testament, but, but I'll, I'll focus on Christ for a minute. He was bold. You know, he flipped the tables in the tabernacle for a reason. Um, you know, he was he was passionate, you know, kind of how you talk about how your daughters are are passionate in what they believe in. He was like the epitome of passionate, mm-hmm. you know. And yet he always spoke the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And and he always spoke in a way that people were both offended, but offended in the best way because yeah. they their their initial offense probed them to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. And he was always love. You know, and so over time, I've I've had to learn that because my, one of the things that I love about my immediate family, my parents, and then my sister as well, which now she's 13, so she's at this oh. perfect age where she's coming into her own and learning how to have her own opinion. You know, and and well, she's already she's always had her own opinion, but learning how to have um, articulating articulating yeah. her mm-hmm. opinion, yes, uh, and it's beautiful. But one of the things I love about our immediate family, the four of us, is 
I, I am confident that they speak the truth in love, but they also, I come from a family where the gift of mercy is not very prominent in Mm. the three of them, yet it's (laughs) super prominent in me. And so they are the ones that, you know, are very bold, very Mm. outspoken in their faith, even, even my sister. And, um, and so over time you learn, you know, how to hear what they're saying and think, okay, let me see your heart behind that. And it, and it goes back, it, that very re- reflection goes back to what you originally said, which I love. It was so nourishing to me, which was um, how it doesn't have to be a make or break. I, I'm paraphrasing what you said because mm-hmm. I don't remember okay. what you said exactly, but, but that it really is relationally mm-hmm. fueled. You know, you know, kind of how you said or how you said to her, how, you know, you definitely follow up text. You yeah, know, you definitely mm-hmm. continue the conversation. Um, but I also and sorry, I have a lot of thoughts. On <laughs> I was just well, refl- you know what? Bef- yeah, I want to hear really quick reflection yeah, on what you're saying. I think it's because we live in an instant gratification society. Yeah. Uh-huh. We want to like get in and get out. We want to mm-hmm. drive through your salvation experience. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just transactionally exchange mm-hmm. my money for your fries and then I walk <laughs> yeah, away. Right. You know, that that we're mm-hmm. just not we're not as used to sticking around in patience and faith and love yes. and not worrying about did it happen the first 17 times I spent mm-hmm. time with you. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just not doing that. Well, and that's that's our downfall. And it is the downfall of our ability to do this work. Because if I only think of it as a transactional thing, you say something, I give you truth back. You didn't take it. The transaction is mm-hmm. is a, is voided, and we both go on our lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the I think the root of the problem. Well, a lot of because a lot of the root of the problem is self focus. Yeah. You know, um, and you know the enemy. Not I. I obviously despise the enemy, but the one thing that unfortunately he is good at is in getting enticing our flesh to focus more on ourselves Mm -hmm. than who we're actually talking to. Um, I think of your example of, of, um, how, you know, you struggle with talking to your friend, um, that has the Buddha statue and, and cause I told, I so get what you're talking about. I've had so many friends, especially Christian friends, weirdly enough that are, they're not, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, probably recognize and actively say, yeah, I'm pluralistic in mm-hmm. my, you know, <laughs> all gods lead to heaven, but yet their actions reflect that, yeah. you know, um, and, and especially, uh, the younger, um, uh, I've noticed in millennials and, and also Gen Z generation, they kind of just let the first thing that, and, and maybe it comes with age, I don't know, but the first thing that they think kind of just flies out of their mouth immediately. And they're, they have to learn whether it's the hard way or maybe a reflective way, which is the better, um, that your words have weight, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so going back to what you're talking about, it it can be so easy. And I've, cause I've done this myself so many times, it can be so easy to, in those circumstances, let the fear of self-focus hold you back. And Mm -hmm. this is just another perspective. Obviously I don't know if, if you do this, but I know I have struggled with doing this where, my fear of wanting to say something is really at a root cause Mm. me just hyper focusing on, okay, I need to make sure that I do this and I need to make sure that I, I get this right. And we kind of already talked about that, you know, No, um, but I like that you're putting a finer point on it because it's really self focused. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people don't either people don't recognize that or they're not willing to admit it or able 
to stop it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's another thing. Well, and, and too, society does perpetuate that, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of the biggest things that I, I don't know if you guys r- remember that, um, that bumper sticker that came out years ago, the coexist mm-hmm. bumper sticker. Oh. I personally detest it. And the reason yeah. why is because the underlying, um, uh, agenda Message. behind mm-hmm. it is is this idea of tolerance mm-hmm. where it, it and it kind of goes into the pluralistic mindset of of all gods point to heaven all gods whatever mm-hmm. and while yes the lord can can work all things together for good and he he's the mastermind obviously because he created all of it he's the mastermind of bringing using any background to bring you back to focus on him if you're willing i just i, I don't you know in my just passion for the Lord. You know, I, I remember looking at that as a kid and even growing up with that idea of tolerance and just thinking that that is so dangerous Mm -hmm. to go down that road. Um, because it does, it does diminish the, like your personal, um, uh, or it, it diminishes the, the idea of tolerance diminishes your confidence in wanting to speak out. However, in purity, right? Because even a lot of things that the enemy likes to do, it's just a counterfeit of what God has, mm-hmm. has created in purity. In purity, what is tolerance? Tolerance is God's love in being willing to listen. Like you said, being willing to actually listen to what the person is saying and then point them to truth, yeah. you know, and then also reflect and say, okay, is, is what you're saying maybe revealing some things that I'm doing in my flesh and I didn't even realize, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You said a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not in a bad way. Yeah. I just, no, I want to yeah. make sure that I capture as much of it as I can. I'm going to start with the last thing because I think you're right that Carol teased that out. Um, Maybe you weren't thinking of it in the same way of tolerance, intolerance, which has a whole nother conversation <laughs> about what that really means. Yeah. Um, but that idea of acceptance, mm-hmm. let's let's maybe say that like, yeah. OK, I don't have to accept what you believe to accept you as a person, mm-hmm. which, of course, we agree with. It's twisted a little right now in our culture, but I'm going to leave that lie right there. The difference is that we have become a people who actually everybody's in a bubble now. Like you sit in an echo chamber. We watch the news that's an echo chamber. Our Mm -hmm. social media feeds Mm -hmm. us an echo chamber. Um, There's no... There's no question anymore about the social media algorithms and how that's working. And so our life feeds us only what we already think about the world. Mm -hmm. And it makes us even more concerned about bridging that divide because we're we're fearful about what could happen, you know, as we try to cross that bridge or ask someone to come and cross it with us. Um, yeah, see, these are, I, I mm-hmm. actually, while we were talking, I was like, maybe this first session is just about some of the things we're facing yeah. because I really do want to talk about the Bible and the Bible being truth, but this is a really rich conversation, yes. um, mm-hmm. about all of the challenges that we're mm-hmm. facing, um, and how we cope with those. And, and so I don't want it to just be 
you know, four girls chatting around a table. So I want to keep bringing it back to there are real, tangible, usable ways for us to be equipped um, in coping. And I, I choose these words carefully. I don't want to say defend. I don't even mm-hmm. want to say answer because that implies that I am right and I have the answer. Right. And there's a flesh in there that I would prefer to stay away from. Because yeah. I'm, I'm no different. I mean, I told you it was pride motivated that I didn't want to be made a fool of when people in my family were like, did you know there were 94 Gospels? How do you know the four Gospels you have? Uh, I was like, there are how many what now? I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, <laughs> and so it was pride motivated. Mm-hmm. So pride is my enemy when I come to apologetics because it's about being right, being smart, being able to outwit there's the other problem these atheists in my family they're doctors they're like one of my my uncle who has since passed away literally a rocket scientist like he was he's on nasa worked for nasa and like he was part of the team that found the hole in the ozone super smart people so it's not just about right Mm -hmm. it's about intellectual prowess and being able to capture and master your words and your thoughts and your concepts your philosophies in such a way that it shuts down the other side where you're like, I really don't know what to say to that. You've really presented something that is fully orbed and super convincing. So even in my heart, I know that the resurrection is real. You've made some very convincing arguments. I need to be able to make those Mm -hmm. as well. Again, not arguments. So I'm going to say this. This is what I call... I think the secret sauce, and I, I'm changing changing it. I used to call it one simple tool. But I'm going to change it because I think it's it's really helpful for us to have little nuggets that we can take away. Um, and my my approach, the approach that I will teach from this chair, the approach that, that I will engender uh, when I have the opportunity um, platformed by this ministry is this. Ask better questions. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because if I if you ask me a question and I feel a pressured to have the right answer, b um, pressured to be right, prideful, mm-hmm. fearful, all of that gets wound up in the need to provide an answer. Yeah. But if I can learn how to ask a better question, I can take that pressure off myself and keep the conversation going, because that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is that we let go of this one-and-done, transactional, drive-through apologetics experience. I just came up with that today, by the way, <laughs> oh. that drive-through thing. But I'm, I'm liking it. I may, <laughs> sit with that. I may sit in that for a while. Good. Trademark you see what I'm saying? Right. Give you this. Give me that. Give me that Everything and get out. Done. Yeah. It's right. just instant gratification, all yeah. the things that we've been talking about. But, but, yeah. but uh, and, uh, I will even say the root of that, I think, is that we, I'm going to say a criticism. I love the church. I love the church. I love the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. But one thing I think that we're experiencing pathology in is transactional Christianity. We go to Sunday, we want to get a thing and go. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's pervasive and certainly makes sense that we would apply that to the way that we live out our Christianity. That we're getting transactional in our go in, worship, feel good, like the music, Mm -hmm. love the pastor, got got a moment, got a word. I need a word, right? What if it's not about what you need? Mm-hmm. 
what if it's about service, literally service to the Lord, worship service, whole another conversation for another day. But I do think that that's, that's in the mix as we think about how we live out our Christian experience, what, what we're actually embodying when we have our Christian experience, how could it be much different? Um, so there's a lot of root causes. I think I'm certainly not a psychologist. I'm not going to get to the mm. bottom of all those, but I can say this. Ask better questions works. Mm. Here's a great example. Just came up yesterday with me in my real life. I don't really think that Jonah was swallowed by a real whale. Mm. Do you really believe that? Tell me before I tell you how I cope with that. How does that make you feel when someone says, do you really believe that? <laughs> tell me. Don't Foolish. think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely can it makes me reflect that's yes. for sure <laughs> a little word, attacked yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm asking how do you feel when yeah. s- if someone says a question like that mm-hmm. what is the first well, thing in that, that tone definitely mm-hmm. possibly attacked. and have you experienced yeah. that am mm-hmm. I am I stretching what you've mm-hmm. experienced like this is I'm I'm giving mm-hmm. you examples from my real life mm-hmm. do you really believe that how could you really believe that Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how do you feel no, when someone says that? that? Yeah. You get defensive because, you know, you want, you don't have a, there isn't a simple answer. I mean, some of these things you just have by faith that you, you know, you get that aha moment, mm-hmm. like you said, where like you say, I believe this, you know, and, and those mm-hmm. hard to answer questions, you just by faith say, you know, I don't know, but by faith, I, I trust it because I don't mm-hmm. want to, mm-hmm. I, I but you feel a little on the back foot. Mm-hmm. Yes, like you feel that's a little an excellent, okay. excellent way to so, say So, yes. so here's what I want to say, and I heard you even say the, I don't know if I have the right answer. <laughs> so I just want us to prayerfully, really prayerfully, adopt a new mindset. I don't have to have the answer here. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you got to think to yourself. I don't have to have the answer. I just have to have a better question mm-hmm. that forces them to think about their mindset instead of them mm-hmm. coming I know what I believe I'm not going to be shaken in what I believe mm-hmm. but if I'm I'm given this opportunity what I want to do what I believe I'm called to do what I believe Christians are called to do is to witness right that's that's what we know we want to do in that moment sometimes witnessing is better done in silence in quiet in reflection and so if you think about it that way, if you think about ask better questions, there are, now you don't have to have the answer to every question, creation, um, uh, Jonah, whatever. Now you just have, have to have a category of really good questions. Mm-hmm. Categories. So here's what I would say. You ready? You so excited? Um, here's what I did say. That is such an interesting question you're asking me. There's a couple ways I could go. I didn't do this yesterday, but one way I could go is, why do you ask me that question? For me, that was something I developed during, and we're not going to get into politics, but during the time in our country's history when gay marriage was a real debate. Mm -hmm. And I'm very openly Christian, so people who are not Christians would Mm -hmm. say to me, where do you fall on this issue? Sometimes you have to ask, why do you ask me that question? To find out the truth of the matter, which is, is this heart open to talking to you and being mm-hmm. in relationship, or is this a trap? Mm-hmm. Right. And Jesus said to his disciples, why are you arguing with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to know 
when it's a trap. And listen, Jesus was the master of spinning the trap around. You know, the Pharisees tried to trap him a lot. Maybe we will get to that prowess and maybe we won't. We shouldn't aspire to that prowess because that's Christ and he's going to be always more intellectually savvy and better at all of that. But what we can aspire to is understanding the question and the questioner so that we can respond properly because allowing ourselves to fall into a trap, nobody wins. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions I would ask is, why do you ask me that question? Um, So that was something I developed during the time when that whole conversation about gay marriage came up and that's a whole whole nother again we're spinning off a lot mm-hmm. of potential series here but um the the response that i said yesterday was um just like this i said so that is a very interesting question and i'm wondering if we could ponder a different one that might be better together mm-hmm. and that is do we believe that supernatural things can happen because Jonah falls under that category. Right. Right. I don't have to defend Jonah and the whale. Very mm-hmm. smart people, well-churched people, believe both sides of that. Mm-hmm. It's a non-essential. But what is not a non-essential is the fact that our God is the creator God and has, has sovereignty over his creation, which means that he can perform supernatural things. By the way, that covers miracles, right. that covers. So do you understand that I've asked a better question yeah. that actually gives us the opening instead of a conversation stopper where I'm right. like, well, yes, <laughs> I believe that it could. Uh, you know, a lot of times I would also say, if I, were, if I were pressed to answer, I would say, it doesn't really matter to me that much, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest with you, if he was swallowed by a literal whale or not. What matters to me is why God told that story in the Bible. Why is it in there? And what's, what's the rest of the context around that story? And what am I supposed to learn about my faith and about my God and the nature of man and the nature of God because of that story? So to me, who really cares? Yeah. And that puts, peop- that puts them on the back foot too because they're like, wait a minute, you didn't fall in my trap. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't answer that in a way that I expected you to answer it by saying, who really cares? Like, I don't think most people expect you to not take that hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but right. you don't have to take every hill. And so do you see what I mean by mm-hmm. asking a better question? Because then it was like, oh, and they were pausing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that is a really good question. And we just left it. I was like, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's think about that together. I would love to ponder that with you. You know, because I, I also have all the toolbox on naturalism versus, you know. So if we go down that road, I know how I will respond or the questions that I will continue to ask, the truth is it's been my experience that by asking questions, I can lead you to a place much more easily than trying to give you answers. Hi, this is Marilyn. Thank you for joining us in this study of God's Word. We hope this helps you grow in your faith and to grow closer to God. We encourage our listeners to be part of a local Bible teaching church where they can enjoy the fellowship of believers and further their growth and relationship with Jesus. Study with Friends is a solely donor-supported ministry. We gladly accept any donation you are led to give. Monthly partnerships are especially helpful, but any amount, any time is welcome. 
You may donate at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We pray that this ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. Join us next week to study with friends. Thank you.